the fans and the best fans coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. In a hockey game that ends 8-5, you tend to get overwhelmed by the bigger moments. Mike Gensel's four goals in a row, and Sid runs amok like Godzilla. You're down 4-2, and then you're up 7-4. There's a lot of big moments packed into that turnaround. But that game also turned on some moments that were more subtle, and two in particular come to mind. Exhibit A is that 4-on-3 PK. Shea and Kuhnhockel and Dumoulin doing the lion's share of the work there for the Penguins. And what excellent work it was. The Flyers never really got a good look. Exhibit B is Kessel going after Giroux and Sherry battling with Konetsky. Let's be blunt. Phil and Sherry aren't exactly the road warriors, hawking animal. And when they get testicles deep in the battle... That's a signal to everyone wearing a flightless bird. Kessel got pissed because Drew hit Haglin, and Sherry just got pissed. Stuff like that matters, because when you stand up to punks like the Flyers, but don't lose your heads, the Flyers are going to disappear at the moment of truth. The Flyers are going to shrink, and the Flyers did. Sick Again, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. All the Flyers stooges, the media, the borderline media, they've all mostly disappeared from social media. I don't reply to anyone who I don't know or follow, so, and boy, that's going great. It's over 10 days now. I'm a lot happier. My art looks a lot better now that I'm not caught up in the social media echo chamber. I, I'm guilty of going overboard with that once in a while. Because you're arguing with people that don't matter. Like these barstool punks, they don't matter. They do, quote-unquote, work. And they, quote-unquote, cover teams for free. It's amateur hour. But that's what social media has done. It's spawned a bunch of toads that don't matter, that don't know what they're doing, that have no talent, but they think because they have a little blog that they're somehow on a parallel with with major media superstars like me, and that is just not the case, not in terms of perception and certainly not in terms of bank account. By the way, i got to ask this, and I bet I get a bunch of crap for this, and I bet this is all over Twitter, but i got to do it. Remember all the people that left DKPittsburghSports.com like, what, three, four months ago? And they were held back, and he was a mean boss. And DK Pittsburgh Sports negatively affected their careers. Where are all their careers at now? You don't have to answer that question because I know already, and they're nowhere and making nothing, and they're nobodies. Okay, so maybe it wasn't the mean boss. Maybe it wasn't Dejon holding them back. 
maybe they're just not talented. Maybe they're just not any good. Because they're still doing the stringer thing, getting paid by the word, you know, in very obscure places, blogs, websites, whatever. The number one determining factor in my business is and always will be talents. And you can talk about how you're oppressed or don't get breaks or poor, poor, pitiful me. But if you don't have the talent, you don't succeed. And, you know, I, I had one of those people taking a shot at me today on Twitter. You could dip her in super glue and drag her through a bank vault and she wouldn't draw any money. She just has no talent. You got to have talent. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm crude. I'm rude. I'm lewd. But I have talent and I am rich as frig. Money flies out of my backside like I'm an ATM. And my hockey team beat the crap out of the hockey team I hate most yesterday. Man, Liverpool wins tomorrow? I I might actually give birth. That's how happy I'd be. 412-333-9939. Okay, let's get to something really funny. This is Jake Gensel mic'd up during yesterday's game and chattering at the Flyers' Claude Giroux. Jake Gensel, during yesterday's game, here on the Home of the Penguins. Last time you did that, I scored, so... (laughs) Yes! Woo! Nice shit. I told you not to. I told you. Yes! You woke us up. He even sounds like a Muppet, doesn't he? I like the woo. That was pretty good. That's good stuff. Jake and Bake, just an epic playoff performer and an epic game yesterday. Real good stuff from the Penguins number 59. You know what that reminded me of? Remember White Man Can't Jump? Watch out, Rastafari. Here comes the move. Oh, no. It's the move. There it is. That's the move. 412-333-9939 is the number to call to review. Penguins 8, Philadelphia 5, 8 goals in a playoff game at Philadelphia. Bouncing back from being down 4-2. That was the closest I've ever come to believing there is a God in like 10 or 12 years. Penguins win the series 4 games to 2. It was just delightful. Now, we're all going to watch Washington and Columbus tonight. Curious to see how that series goes, but I don't see any way Columbus reverses the trend. Columbus had Washington by the short and curlies after winning the first two games at D.C. But then Washington turned the series around. One game, five in overtime at Columbus. Brilliant tip goal by Nicholas Backstrom. Brayden Holtby is back in the Washington net and seems to have found his form. A a, a weird thing with the Brayden Holtby situation. Barry Trotz, the coach with the Capitals, put in uh, Philippe Grabauer to start the series, and that was a gamble because Grabauer's a backup. But then after Grabauer didn't play as well as had been hoped, I wouldn't say he soiled the bed, but he didn't play as well as Trotz had hoped for. Then they put Holtby in. And suddenly this guy, who had buckled under the pressure, 
how many times and who had a terrible regular season this year, suddenly he's the underdog. And now there are no expectations and no pressure, not not right this second anyway, and free of that weight, Braden Holtby's playing very well, which makes him a very dangerous goalie and the Washington Capitals a very dangerous team. Oh, this just in. The Pittsburgh Penguins are back on top of the NHL's local TV ratings chart after a two-year absence. Buffalo Sabres fall to second. Blues are third. So congratulations to AT&T Sportsnet. Maybe it was the name change that put the broadcast over the top. Our buddy Andy Benoit from the Monday Morning Quarterback, he just tweeted, the most obvious non-quarterback need any team has in this draft is Steelers at inside linebacker. Well, yeah, Andy, we know that. But who are they going to take? We got Mike Lang at the bottom of the hour. Who would you rather see the Penguins play in the next round, Washington or Columbus? And what's your take on some of the small moments from yesterday's game that I thought helped turn the tide, namely the four-on-three penalty kill and Kessel and Sherry showing some gumption uh, when they got pissed off without losing control, without taking, I mean, Phil took the extra penalty, but I think that was an extra penalty well taken at that point. Shane and Broussard doing a great job at center with no Geno. And and I'll tell you, they're keeping that injury under lock and key, Geno's status. I haven't heard one thing about it. And usually you hear stuff, and even if you know it's not true, at least you're hearing stuff. But I've not heard one thing about the Geno injury, nor about the Haglund injury. Y- you need both those guys. Geno, obviously. I mean, he's one of the five best players in hockey. And Haglund sets the pace with that forecheck. You know who's got to relax a little bit out there? Aston Reese. Good hockey player. Thinking a little too much. He, I know he's a rookie. These are his first playoffs. He just needs to let it flow. Good player. Just needs to let it flow. You know what's coming to mind now? Kevin Nealon in Happy Gilmore. Riding the bull, feeling the flow, positive energy. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark Madden. Yes. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. The last thing we need is a lot of loose talk. Hmm? Hmm? I like it. I like it. The X at 105.9. What a wonderful day it is. Penguins, eight, Flyers, five. Penguins win the series four games to two. Jake Gensel becoming a Pittsburgh hockey legend with four straight goals to eliminate the old enemy. And when you talk about a hockey game, sometimes descriptions of plays can be complicated. Like like Sid's goal. Sid wins the draw. Dumo and Tanger are inverted. Dumo passes to Tanger. Tanger shoots. Sid runs the end around. Phil Pula loses him. Sid taps in the rebound. Every Gensel goal can be described in a sense or less. Mata shoots. Gensel tips. Kessel passes. Gensel finishes. Turnover. Gensel scores. Hornquist passes. Gensel finishes. It goes to show that hockey really can be a simple game. And to recap something I I mentioned earlier, and I find this to be truly amazing, 
And I can't believe I'm the only one who picked up on it. This should be headline news. Well, at least a headline in, you know how after playoff games, the newspapers and websites have notes columns? Interesting factoids. Well, I think this is a very interesting factoid. Jake Gensel right now is number five all time in goals per game percentage in the NHL playoffs. Fifth all time. Rocket Richard's right above him. Wayne Gretzky's right below him. .613 goals per game for Jake and Bake. 19 goals in 31 playoff games. I thought the kid had a lukewarm regular season. But now he's heating up and uh, at just the right time, too. Kids played a lot of hockey. Played, what was it last year? 99 games total between the Miners, the Penguins, and the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this year, you know, it, he's a young guy. He's not used to that grind. Not not this grind. Nobody. How could you get used to this grind? Going for the third Stanley Cup in a row. In Jake's case, the second. But he was absolutely amazing yesterday. Just incredible. And I don't even know what else to say about Sidney Crosby and how he plays against the Flyers. It is horrible. I, I can't equate it to anything. He just tortures them, shift in and shift out, even when he doesn't score or set up. He's just such a handful to play against, and especially against them. It's just the... There's a lot to like about Sid since he started his career here in Pittsburgh. His almost ritualistic torture of the Flyers every game is what I like most about Sid. And he'll tell you it's just another game. He couldn't do that if playing the Flyers were just another game. He couldn't do that if it were just another game. Hornquist made a scintillating return yesterday. He really rounded out that Crosby line. And it's no coincidence Jake sparkled when Hornquist was on that line. As I've often said about that line of Crosby, Hornquist, and Gensel, as I've often said, When Gensel's the third best player on that line, he is going to get a whole lot done. And yesterday with Horny back, Gensel was the third best player on that line. And boy, he really did get a whole lot done, didn't he? I like the way the Broussard, Rust, and Sherry line played. It it only got the one goal, the empty netter for Rusty, which, by the way, was that the cue to start throwing things or what? I know you got to put the goal in because three's a lot more than two. Sounds dumb, doesn't it? It's not. When they're within two, they're just one goal away from being within one. When they're within three, they're two goals away from being within one, and that's a sizable difference and a sizable gap in the mentality the trailing team has depending on the situation. So I thought that line played really well. But I'd like to see him score more. But then again, they got eight goals. How many more did they need? And the answer, of course, is too much is never enough when you're playing Philadelphia, especially so at Philadelphia. The Shane uh, Kessel and Haglund line, and, and Zach Aston Reese picked up some of the slack after Haglund got hurt. I thought uh, it played pretty good. Shane has a, a communication with Kessel that's decent. I wouldn't call it overwhelming. Like, you, you you just wouldn't. 
want those two to play together on a line for a whole season. You know how I know? Because the Penguins made a trade, so they didn't have to do that. How about that goal? Shane DeKessel right in front to Haglin all alone. How do you get all alone in, in, in that game? But he was. And to be fair, the Penguins have let a few guys be all alone. A couple things do have to happen between now and the second round, no matter who they play. No matter who they play. Murray got to play better. He didn't stink, and he played fine yesterday. He regrouped when the game was on the line and won. But still, you need a bit better. That that Lawton goal, that jump shot from the three-point arc on the left side, got to stop that. Okay? The bottom pair, D, got to play better. I thought Alexak and Ruida were mostly a nightmare yesterday. And Sully did the smart thing. Boy, what a good coach Sullivan is. Once you got to a certain point in the game and those guys weren't playing well, the top four played more. Or, I saw a couple times, correct me if I'm wrong, but a couple times Sully mixed in Latang with Alexiak or Latang with Ruedel. A couple times. You know, they're just those couple extra shifts with your top defenseman out there can, can, can really stabilize. And uh, up front, I can't complain about anything up front. They scored eight goals without Geno and without Haglin for much of the game. Let's go to Robbie and Mercer. Robbie, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, do you think we could get a number 59 jersey now? Doesn't the kid deserve it? What are you talking about? There's no 59 jersey out. Sure there is. Well, I haven't found it. I will keep looking. If, uh, okay. I'm, okay, in the five seconds that you said that, I got onto Amazon and Google, and you could buy a Gensel jersey. Why on earth would they not be selling a Gensel jersey? I don't know. I don't know. We looked at the shop in Wexford and couldn't find one. Well, go I online. You, you still shop out and about okay. in public? Go online, lady. Will do. Go Thank online right now. My man. Get it. Minnesota's what? great. What's that? I call him Minnesota, and I think he's great. He's doing great things, and he's going to keep doing great things. Well, from your lips to God's ears, but lady, you got to do yeah. better with your shopping thing. All right, we'll do. Online, how old are you? Shirt, we're how old are you? On the jersey. How old are you? <laughs> how old are you? I'm old enough to be his mother. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I'm not making funny. How old are you? I'm in my fifties. You got to catch on to the online shopping thing, lady. We'll do. Call me back Thank and let me know much. you got one. Let's go to Connor in Brookline. Connor, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, before I uh, make my comment on the, 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 the game yesterday, I, I have to weigh in on your statement about the two-goal lead. Most dangerous in sports, you know? I feel like sometimes... No, it, it's not. One. It's not. The most the most dangerous lead in sport is the one-goal lead. Agreed. Agreed. Anyhow, um, hey, your, your, your statement about uh, the Broussard-Sherry-Russ line, you know, they're producing, but don't you feel like they're just getting ready to break out? I mean, how many posts have they hit? How many times have they been robbed? They're just right there. I feel like they're going to maybe really play a big role in the next I year. don't know. Rusty is not a natural scorer, although he did technically get another goal yesterday in an elimination game, which adds to his impressive record, even though it was through an empty net. Sherry's got to do better. Like, Sherry got robbed yesterday early in the game, but it was really more of a miss than being robbed. And Brass yeah. just can't seem to get that clean look. He's getting opportunities, but not that clean look, you know? So I think that line can score more. I'm not sure that's a line designed to bust out, as you say. Yeah, I wonder, do you think with Broussard, 
once he once he gets off the mark, do you think he might just go on a tear or, or maybe not with those line mates? I'm not sure. You know what's funny? I, I thought about this. Broussard had that great scoring record with his prior teams in the playoffs. I think 55 points in 77 games. I'm not sure they need him to do that here. I'm not sure right. in the context of Geno and Sid he can do that here. Isn't it a luxury that that guy with those numbers is your third-line center, you know? Well, that's by design. It's the most important position in hockey aside from goal, and they wanted to make sure they they, they increased their domination there. I, I said that was a good trade when it got made, and it impresses me no less right now. Up next, he is the Hall of Famer. He is the voice of Pittsburgh hockey. It's the great Mike Lang. Up next on 105.9. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. My guest right now is on the road again, back from Philadelphia where he saw and broadcast the Penguins' big 8-5 elimination win of the Philadelphia Flyers. He is the voice of Pittsburgh hockey. He is the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. Uh, Mikey, what a delightful day in Philadelphia. The Pens showed a lot of resilience against the old enemy, didn't they? Kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, 2009 when they uh, were down in a game against the Flyers and kind of came back and Max Talbot with that now famous shh, you know, <laughs> and came back and knocked them off and uh, went on and won the Cup. So uh, maybe that's a pretense of things to come for them, but a uh, pretty good effort for six games, and uh, they ended up the better team, and now they'll move on and uh, see if they can uh, – you know, take on another opponent, the one they're going to be familiar with. Both of them, they played them. So, I mean, it's certainly they know each other, um, and it'll be a good series. What is it about Sidney Crosby and the Philadelphia Flyers, Mike? I have never seen one player in any sport so thoroughly rip apart one opponent time after time. Uh, I, I, You know, I guess uh, he's inspired. Maybe that's the word. But I do think that some teams... Uh, you, you seem to have your better games against. For him, it's kind of an interesting thing because the first time he played there, and you got a memory like an elephant, right, Mark? You remember him going up against uh, the Flyers, and Ken Hitchcock called him a big whiner, and uh, they beat him up all over the ice, and uh, he got back up and responded and, uh, you know, won a game for them. And uh, so he has that inner strength, you know, to kind of fight off everything uh, when the situation isn't too good. And, uh, I just think it's it's to him, you know, kind of saying that, uh, you know, I, I want to play well here. You know, I want to show you people that I can really play some hockey. And I'm not going to be up and down whining to people and doing all the stuff that everybody wants to talk about. Well, those days are long gone. You don't hear many people talk about it anymore, do you? Because he just is front and center and he, and he comes and he's been so good with everybody uh, over the years. So uh, I, why that happens for him to have a team, I mean, there are certain players that uh, – respond against the penguins too players that play really well against the penguins and maybe not too many others but it's uh it's a way of life in professional sports and you take it for what it's worth and uh, for the penguins it's good news because he has played pretty well jake Gensel with four straight goals uh jake keeps it simple doesn't he <laughs> i don't know how simple it is he works his tail off no 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 but i mean it, it, you're right uh great work ethic but he just keeps going to the blue paint well, he goes everywhere. I mean, Mark, he's, he's an accomplished hockey player. I mean, he comes from pretty well schooled from his dad, uh, who was a hockey coach at Minnesota, and he is, uh, you can see the bloodlines and, and what he does. He does a lot of little things that people don't really 
pay attention to. And one of those is the physical part of the game that nobody really talks about. I mean, he only weighs 180 pounds when dripping wet, uh, but he is uh, a very active uh, uh, physical presence on finishing checks and doing small things and moving the puck and trying to get it to a location and always with his head up, always looking. If you watch him, he's always looking to make the next play. And, uh, I mean, he's a tailor-made guy for Sid because Sid runs right off of that uh, motor. So you just have to be smart. You have to kind of read off of him and the other winger, whoever it is. But Jake has earned what he's gotten uh, here in this short time. And it's not a total surprise, is it, to anybody? I mean, what he has done. I mean, he did it in the minor leagues, and he came up here and was successful. And now he's uh, he's ran one again, and he's putting the puck in the net. I mean, there were some lean times in getting the, finish, the finishes uh, this year, but he's a dynamite hockey player. He really is, and uh, he's a well, uh, well-rounded well player, too. And I think he's even going to get better in his defensive game, uh, just learning how to play in the NHL, particularly against bigger and stronger and faster players, and that'll make the uh, round him out. And I think Sid, you know, had to feel his way through it, too, when he first started uh, the first couple of years to just kind of figure it all out. Uh, how you're going to approach it. And uh, Gensel's a good learner and a fast learner, and he's he's a good hockey player. Mikey, here's a great stat. Uh, Gensel now has 19 goals in 31 playoff games. His average of .613 goals per game ranks fifth all time. Yeah. He is just below Rocket Richard and just above Gretzky. Uh, that's a pretty impressive place to be, isn't it? No, it really is. Uh, I mean, I don't know if those numbers will continue, but I hope for his sake that they do because I think he can score goals. I uh, I think he's a legitimate, easy 30-goal scorer, uh, you know, with a couple of years under his belt uh, in the NHL because he's, he's, he's experience just brings you that. Uh, if you can stay healthy, and that's a big part of it. So he'll have that experience to draw upon, uh, and I think that, that that's going to be a good a good plus for him. And I actually think he's going to, you know, looking down the road, if you look down the road at what the Penguins have, uh, he very well may be a guy who could be a real strong leader on this hockey club too when the days uh, pass all the big boys by. So it's it's uh, it, it is a great draft choice by the Penguins, and it's one that uh, uh, I think is going to lead to a lot of success for them. And uh, and he can play center too. I mean, he can, he can he can convert and go over there and play center ice, and that's where he was. His lack of size maybe in this league is probably a, a detriment to him, but. As I said, he he plays bigger than 180 pounds, and he, yes. he he plays a lot bigger from a physical standpoint. Evgeny Malkin did not play yesterday, and the other centers really stepped up, didn't they? Uh, Shane and Broussard. Well, that's uh, that's the name of the game, and why the Penguins have won two Stanley Cups. They do it down the down the middle. They do it with strength. I mean, they lost a couple of key guys, and uh, they come back, and they they've kind of filled those voids and give Jimmy Rutherford and that whole crew and the. And the scouts and everybody involved. I and mean, we talk, we talk so much about the players, but somebody had to think of them in that that vein to be able to make deals to to bring them in. And now they they feel uh, what the success that the Penguins have had. Uh, the thing that I really like, and what's the leadership of their coach, Mike Sullivan? I mean, goodness gracious, here's a guy that that just continually pushes the right buttons all the time. And that whole uh, coaching staff and what they work with, and they know their players extremely well. And and I think it's a credit to them. And and what I like about the Penguins in, in a lot of situations is that they can uh, option wise they can move anywhere on the ice and play, but they have roles too. And they can, when they're in those roles and they're designated with them, that's what they do so well. They're just so strong, 
at at uh, at working uh, their system. And when that system is on, when they're working, they're a tough team to beat. We're talking to the Hall of Famer Mike Lang here on the home of the Penguins, one oh five nine. Like I said, the Penguins did not have Malkin, but they did get Patrick Hornquist back, and boy, he gives the Penguins a whole different look, doesn't he? Well, I don't know about a whole different look, Mark, but he gives them a, another piece that that adds to the whole success in the puzzle that they have. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's a little more on the uh, vociferous side as far as being an active guy, maybe maybe to a fault sometimes. Uh, but, you know, he's he's just nonstop. And that's it. This club needs, every club needs a guy that can, uh, that can uh, bark pretty good and talk, and, and, but he carries it, and he comes to play every single night, uh, you know, night in and night out, and uh, all aspects of the game. The little things that we were talking about before that, uh, that Jake's learning and getting that much better, well, Cornquist is just like a, a, a solid uh, citizen, if you will, in doing all those things. And, and, and the, the other thing that I looked at the tail end of the season, I may have mentioned this to you, but and here's the forward uh, for the for the Penguins and Patrick Hornquist, who does so much dirty work in around uh, the net and is there and all the time. But he led the team in block shots as a forward, so that tells me a lot about him. I mean, he's just in situations sacrificing the body to do everything. It's amazing he still stands seriously uh, with all the uh, bereavement he takes and, and just gets crushed night in and night out. And uh, turns around and walks away and has a smile on his face. So uh, he's, he's from the old Old Samuelson school of uh, hard knocks and uh, enjoy the game. And I love the game. What about that four on three PK when the Penguins uh, led five to four, Mike? That is a really difficult penalty kill, isn't it? It it doesn't come up very often. And boy, the three guys have to try and uh, be responsible for a lot of space. Yeah, it is, and it's awfully tough to get off. You know, when you've got three guys, and uh, I can't recall the time of the of the game, but I noticed that they were just kind of laboring a bit. Uh, it makes it difficult, particularly when they're going, you know, side to side and moving. Uh, it takes a lot to kill penalties. It is one of the hardest things in hockey to do. Uh, we kind of take it for granted in what these guys give. And, and then they lost Carl Heiglund, too. I mean, that's another factor. I'm not sure of the timing mark on the game, but, uh, you know, you lose maybe your best penalty killer, uh, you know, to, to an injury. And, so, I, uh, to their credit, they've done a great job, and uh, yeah, their their penalty killing is going to be a, a big part of their success, and, and they'll get their power play going, too, and that puts the fear uh, in other teams. So special teams will be a big part of it. I wouldn't say Matt Murray was necessarily great yesterday, but he won the game, and, boy, he has a knack for that big stop, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, and I think he'd tell you he wasn't, uh, he'd had an off game, but uh, you know the bottom line, and I've talked for years. And you, uh, you know, Grant Fuhrer didn't have the greatest goals against average, and and uh, some others too in the game. But what they did is win. And uh, so when the game was on the line, they were there. And uh, I think that's, uh, you know, the the biggest thing you want to pull away from a goaltender is what's going to happen when the game really is on the line. How can you, how can you perform? And I mean, the numbers he's putting up really in his young career are pretty stunning. Uh, to what he does, and he's a tough guy mentally. He's real tough. Uh, he can have an off night. Everybody has an off night. I mean, even Mark Madden has an off night. You know, uh, Ray, I, I have Ray, so many off Ray, nights, Ray, Mike. Know, yeah, that, that I like to consider the other ones on nights. I talk about them more. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm in that category too. You know, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, I mean, that's that's uh, that, that's the situation, and. Uh, 
Uh, and it's you know you got to get yourself mentally ready for every one of those games. And you're a goaltender, and you you play the full sixty minutes. It isn't like you sit on the bench. I mean, you're really involved, and you have to really be at the top of your game, uh, both physically and mentally. So it, it's a tough chore for a goaltender to, to to stand in there and be able to, you know, thwart the best the world has to offer. You know, come on, uh, you know, it's one on one, baby. We like to debate uh, over who the Penguins should want to play next, Mike, but it really doesn't matter, does it? The opposition will be good and familiar either way. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you've seen both teams, and you know what they have, and uh, is one that much better than another? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think we're all in that category, and I said that before we started the playoffs. I mean, yeah, Penn still won six games with Philadelphia, so don't think that you just walk through them. Uh, and Tampa, you know, played uh, New Jersey, and there were a few scary moments in that series also. So these teams are are, are pretty well matched. I mean, the cap has kind of forced that issue, and uh, and so it it makes for good hockey when they when they can uh, you know go toe to toe and be able to play it. And uh, you know, I, there's so many things that uh, that have gone over the years, you know, with with Columbus and, and Washington that it. It's going to inspire the fans. I mean, they're going to be a big part of it, and uh, I think they'll enjoy the hockey. I really do. Mikey, will you be going on the road for round two? Has a decision been made yet? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to take a shot. So, uh, we'll... Awesome news. With you on the road, yeah. I feel like they can't lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'll take the tag. It's okay. I'm willing to accept <laughs> that and uh, do that. Hey, I just wanted to say one thing, uh, uh, Mark. I didn't get a chance over the weekend to go to uh, uh, the visitation for uh, – Bruno San Martino. I know you're a big wrestling fan, and I'm sure you have met and uh, talked with him before. But I, I did also, and just an absolute prince of a man. Uh, he and Chili Billy were real close, and I, I knew, uh, I know both of them and the families uh, of uh, Bruno, uh, Danny, and David. I think Daryl's the other brother. But I just wanted to pass along to the folks and uh, with his family, and I think all of Pittsburgh just kind of pulls it for a guy that's uh, as good a human being as he was, and and uh, and we appreciated everything, and you had a great life, man. You had a great life, and we appreciate it all. Mikey, great stuff as always. We'll see you at the rink. All right. Got you. See you, Mark. That is Mike Lang, brought to you by Coors Light. Enjoy $3 Coors Light drafts during all Penguins playoff games at Cadillac Ranch, the great all-American bar and grill. Up next, going to talk to Bob McLaughlin, 105.9. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, huge fan. You're talking to the super genius. No doubt, Double M. Hey, Mark, who has the best onion ring? Ooh. The X at 105.9. Evgeny Malkin posted a highlight video of himself, the goals he scored during the Flyer series. I have no idea what that means, but uh, perhaps it's a harbinger of potentially being ready for the start of the second round. Or maybe... A videographer did that independent of Gino even knowing about it. Joining me now to address all these questions. And by the way, Gino had a real good series before he got hurt, and the Penguins need him back ASAP, obviously. Joining me now is Bob McGock, and Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, what's your take on Gino posting a highlight video uh, today? Uh, if it was him, I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. That means, uh, you know, maybe some wishful thinking that he'll be back. You know, round two, game one. Uh, I'm not saying that that's how I read it because he's happy with what he did in round one and he's looking forward to continuing that in round two. That's that's how I'll read it. It's surprising. Well, no, not surprising because 
the further we get into the playoffs, the more the secrecy uh, increases. But I can't get anyone to even whisper about the Geno injury. Or for that matter, the Hagelin injury now. I really don't have an educated guess. I don't even know what's wrong with Geno. By now, I usually would know how many yeah. <laughs> days later what's wrong with him. It looked to me like a high ankle sprain, but I don't know. Well, how many times have you come in here and there's no word in the media, there's no word in the, you know, online or anything like that, and you'll tell me what the whispers are. Right. We'll kind of talk about that pre-show and just nothing right now. So hopefully um, him posting that video means that he's raring to go. He's going to get rested up here in round two, game one. Uh, it'll be the Geno that helped them get through that regular season and start off strong, 7 nothing strong against the Flyers. Do you believe that Corey, uh, Couturier had a torn ligament and played? No, I don't think it was fully torn. I'm, I think he may have had some injury. You know, Maybe just, strained. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But boy, that's he wheeled around. Because he had, he had mobility that was pretty close to 100%. Mobility, strength, balance, he had everything. I mean, he wheeled around there yesterday pretty well. Um, you know, four goals with proof of that. Um, and I mean, he was just really active. So torn, no, maybe that's uh, stretching the quote-unquote ligament a little bit. Stretching the truth and the ligament. Right. Uh, Jake Ensel got four goals in a row. In a row. <laughs> oh, okay, you, you heard. How about the stat that he ranks fifth all-time in goals per game in the playoffs? And Rocket Richard's right above him, and Wayne Gretzky's right below him. That's incredible. Print that out. I would print that list out, have it framed, (laughs) because it'll never get better than that. Unless, of course, he goes on a tear to start the next round. I was just going to say, you find that wherever it is, print that out right now, send it to the family, have it framed, put it in your dad's hockey office, put it in the den at the Gensel compound, wherever it is. You want that one for memory's sake. And you know what? Uh, maybe to drive him a little bit more. Not that he needs any with four goals in a row and with the uh, points that he put up to tie Sid in that first round. Uh, look, we talked about Jake Ensel. Keep him on Sydney's line no matter what they do with any of the other lines. Before this series started, Mark, you and I sat here during this segment and said they should keep Sid and Gensel together on that first line. Not sure who they're going to put on the right side of it because once he gets going, he gets going. But I do think it's critical that Horny's back. Yeah. Because he made Gensel the third best player on that line. And that's no knock on Jake, but I think any good player would thrive in that circumstance more so. Absolutely. And what you talked about with Mike Lang, him being in the blue paint, him going to the net every single time. Sure, it's simple, but I can see Mike's response to that too, saying, well, that's not all he does. He's got the complete package. He works hard to do it, but when you describe the goals, I mean, I'll do it again in 15 seconds. Mata shot, Gensel tip. Kessel pass, Gensel uh, finish. Uh... Turnover, Gensel scores, Hornquist pass, Gensel finish. Unbelievable. That's it. That's it. That's the list, as you say. Uh, What about Sid totally dominating the Flyers all the time? Dating back, like Mike Lang remembered, to the very first time he played at Philadelphia when they cross-checked him in the face and took his teeth. teeth. And he scored the winner on a breakaway in overtime. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's incredible. Um, since you talked about it in the 3 o'clock hour, I've been racking my brain to try and figure out an athlete or in a sport that dominates one team like that. And obviously, we're so close to Sid and the Penguins and what he's been able to do against the Flyers that you know there might be somebody else out there, but not seeing it all the time or not seeing the dominance, and that's such a proper word for it right now, uh, that other athlete, that other situation just doesn't come to mind the way Sid V. Flyers does. We're talking to Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, what's your take on the way the game ended with the beer cans being thrown? Obviously, there's no uh, tolerating or let alone supporting that. But uh, 
I'm surprised it got that bad. Like, as bad as that crowd is, and they do invite that, Bob. I don't care what they say, they invite that, even if they don't encourage it and tolerate it, because, you know, they serve red meat to carnivores. I don't have ever been to a game at Wells Fargo. Oh, yeah. I was there a couple years ago. The Jumbotron, every highlight is a fight or a hit, and they show stuff from the 70s. They still got Dave Braun up there running people (laughs) and dropping the gloves. They encourage fan I don't want to say malfeasance, but certainly some degree of rowdy. Mark, they absolutely do. First-hand experience, we took 42 fans from the X down to a Flyers game and then to, to a Rangers game and then a Flyers game. And we were sitting third row from the top of the uh, facility there. They sent the camera crew up, and they put us on Jumbotron. And the only time they panned to us is after a couple Flyers in the Flyers fans in the row in front of us started to get a chant together and pointing at our shirts and everything and making fun of us and stuff. That's when they turn the camera on. Sure enough, 20, 30 seconds later, somebody pushes somebody from behind. A Penguins fan goes into a row of Flyer fans, and there's a full-out brawl. And that's that's all that they were hoping it would be. And, you know, them being Flyers fans, them being the Flyers organization, uh, it came to fruition. So, yeah, they do feed the red meat to the carnivores. They're looking for that stuff. And when is the NHL just going to call an immediate penalty? As soon as anything, a catfish, an octopus, a full Bud Light, whenever anything hits the ice, play stops, two-minute penalty on the home team right there. It'll no, stop You know that. why you can't do that? Because then a visiting fan would throw something, and how would you know? Okay, good point. No, you can't do it. Go to the video. Go to Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, it would take that would boy, the crowd video would take even longer. Real quick, Bob, are you worried at all about Matt Murray? No, I'm not. No, I'm not because the way he I'm not either. No, the way he bounces back, we've talked about it how many times on this show. Um, what's the record now? Ten and one coming off a loss. Uh, and even if it's a bad goal, like the Lawton goal yesterday, he just comes back. He plays stronger. He is unflappable, I think is the word to describe him. Strong, solid. He's what you want in a goaltender. Uh, good for him putting up the numbers that he's putting up right now. And uh, at this early in his uh, career, to be in this type of a third Stanley Cup run, it's it really a, who plays him in the movie. Let's just leave it at that. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you 84 Lumber. Up next. There's one Penguin who played a real good game yesterday, and yet people are criticizing, and I'm going to criticize them. That's 30 seconds away, right here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X.